I'm realizing that I got incepted by this episode. Because my biggest note here is I would kill for a pizza delivery. And then I ended up getting a pizza delivery Mm -hmm. later this day. Guerrilla marketing. (laughs) Truly. Um, That explains why, like, every five minutes Ashley was just being, well, you know you can't out pizza the hut. (laughs) One, two, three, four, go! Falling in love is such an easy thing to do. Let's get into it. Please get into it. Let's stop talking. Let's get to it. Let's fall in love. And I'm recording. I just hit record, too. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah, Bestie vibes, am I right? <laughs> oh my god, wait, can I tell you something? No. Okay, so I was in Connecticut this weekend, which, first yeah, of all, right. I was thinking, so I flew back today, and I flew out on Friday, so I was really, such a quick trip. it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then I flew back this morning. Very quick. And I was thinking, remember at our alma mater when we would have, like, fall break, and it would be, like, four days yeah. Like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. I used to drive home sometimes. Oh, same. Insanity. Yeah. That's like an eight hour trip in a car. Yeah. Yeah, for like two days. Ridiculous. That's what I, I came home my first year for it um, because it was over my mother's birthday. Then I think the next year I went home with my roommate. The year after that, I don't remember. I might have just stayed on campus or I flew again. And then senior year, <laughs> I I had done a really inspiring thing with my schedule where all of my classes were on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, So I just decided to skip my Thursday classes and I went home Tuesday night for that break and made it essentially a week-long break because my next classes weren't until the next Tuesday. (laughs) That is so nice. It was, in a word, amazing. Yeah. I was going to say something started this, though, when I was in Connecticut. Yeah, you were in Connecticut. Driving. No. Eight hours. I went home this weekend. What did we start talking at the beginning of this? Just that you went home this weekend? And I think I might have, you know, gone off the handle pretty quick. There was something I wanted to share. Have you considered remembering what it was? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Um, oh, because you said bestie times. So this weekend... Oh, bestie vibes. Bestie vibes, right, right. So this weekend, I went home, and yeah. originally I was going home because, like, the men in our family, so, like, both of my sister's husbands and my brother and my dad went up to Maine and did this like really intense, super long hike and they like camped and then they went like kayaking the day on Sunday and whatever. And so originally my sister with my niece and nephew were gonna come out for the weekend too, but they postponed their trip by two weeks. So I was going to go and, like, help with the kids, and we were going to have, like, a girls' yeah. weekend, whatever. Quote, unquote, girl. I'm not a girl. Okay, yeah. but. Um, 
instead it was just like me, my sister, and my mom. And then we spent some time with Megan Kazmarzik, who's been on our podcast. And yes, good for her. On Friday, we went to Salem. And I got drunk in front of my mom because my sister's pregnant. And she was like, Aaron, you have to drink all the drinks that I would order. And I was like, but I want to also order drinks that I want to drink. <laughs> and each of these drinks had a lot of liquor in them. So I got drunk in front of my mom. And I, I was you. texting Megan Kazmarzik about the next day because we were going to hang out and we were going to go shopping for my internship this year for clothes for me. Yeah. And I was like, oh, are you going to stay over? My mom is wondering. My mom would love for you to stay over. We're going to watch In the Heights. And she was like, yeah, I'll stay over. And I was like, great. And being drunk, what I texted next was... <clears throat> Girly sleepover time with about 100 exclamation points. Oh, no. (laughs) So the next morning I said, Why? Hello, I was drunk last night. I will never utter the words girly sleepover time again. (laughs) I think you should. (laughs) Um, I would cry if you invited me to girly sleepover time. (laughs) Tears of joy or tears of sadness? Both. (laughs) Um, And a little bit of fear, too. Yeah. Just just a good time. Well, it's always a good time. But, yeah. That's... Wow, that does sound fun. Girly sleepover time. Good for you. Mm Mm-hmm. Good for me, indeed. Yeah, it must be nice, huh? But other than that, I feel like I wanted to share something else on the pod about being home, but I don't remember. Do you think... Yeah, we were... Oh. What? Mm-hmm. No, go ahead. No, no, you. You, please. Oh. Um, this is kind of a downer, but... I love that. I love downers. Robbie, the baby in Secret Life of the American Teenager, is named after not Andrew's dad, but... Molly Ringwald's dad. Yeah. Robert You Scott. texted me that and it ruined my damn night. Well, I'm going to ruin your night again because unfortunately no. this weekend, Molly Ringwald's dad died. Oh, no. So, Robert Scott. Oh. Wow. Yeah. That's so sad. Isn't it? Oh, well. <laughs> It happens. No, that's actually like like I, I would. have you considered reaching out to Molly with your newfound expertise on grief and loss? I have not after your class. Um, I feel like that'd be incredibly inappropriate. It would for <laughs> sure. I'm glad you didn't do that. I was actually making sure that you hadn't. Yeah, no, but now's the time. Um, can I tell you my very sad secret life related thing? Yeah. Um, I was on Tinder today and there was a guy who looked like Griffin if he had aged. Was he a libertarian? I have no idea. I've never swiped left faster. <laughs> I can't have this man shirtless doing face masks in my apartment. Are you kidding me? Um, 
that's so funny. Yeah, well. But other than that. Um, yeah, I don't really have much to report in any way, shape, or fort. Um, so I've just been, you know, Vibing. reading and doing nothing, so. That's so nice. Yeah, it's been lovely. Um, not great for content, but you know, that's just Yeah, I mean, how it is. It, our lives aren't content machines. Maybe yours isn't. I, oh. My god. This is related because I was like, no, it's important to take a rest and like unplug and whatever. Yeah. But sometimes you can unplug for a little bit too long, i.e. Oh, no. me not checking my university email for Ooh. the entire summer and logging on today when I was in the airport. A train's going by. Choo-choo! Is it a long one or is it a short one? That's what she said. Shut the fuck up. I'm so sorry. Should I eat another piece of pizza? For sure. But. So I'm in the airport. I'm just like screwing around on my phone. I'm like, oh, I might as well lock into my university email. I haven't logged into it in so long. Woof. And. I'm about to board the plane in which I have to put my phone on airplane mode and I log on and I see like 30 emails from like my internship for this year trying to like contact me and like setting up a payment portal and like even agreeing to do my internship. Oh my God. And I, I mean, thankfully they... Pretty much all the emails started on July 21st, so it's not like... Oh, that's not terrible. Too long. Yeah. But... I did have to email back and be like, hello, um... I was like, should I lie and say I was at the Olympics? (laughs) (laughs) Because that would be like the perfect length of time. The easiest disproven (laughs) lie you could give. Well, not like that I was competing in the Olympics. No, but like... No spectators were allowed. <laughs> no, but not that I was spectator. What if I was, like, part of a team? I coach field hockey. So you were there in a coaching capacity? Something. I mean, I didn't, is the point. But it ran through my mind because that would be the perfect saying, like, length of time because it was, like, July 22nd to August 7th. But then you have your entire internship with them being like, hey, that's Aaron. You know, they were at the Olympics last year. <laughs> You know people I are did think that about up. that, which is why ultimately I didn't say that. But Yeah. I That would have been so funny. Um, I told them I just emailed back and I was like, Hi, I got locked out of my account because I got a new computer, but it's all sorted out now and I will be way more responsive. Again, I'm very sorry. I love that. It was so and then but of course I didn't have time to like reply. Before I got oh. on the plane, so I was just like on the plane, and my anxiety was like mounting, and I was like, I gotta get home, and I gotta sort this all out. That's but the then I touched down, and I got in my car, and instead of going straight home, I went to Costco and got a rotisserie chicken. So I love that. 
Linus is pissed now that he missed out. Oh, Olive had a feast, let me tell you. A fancy feast? No. <laughs> so, <laughs> those are my exciting travel-related things. I remember That's how so to fly cool. on a plane again, which is exciting. That's really exciting. I'm scared to fly on a plane soon, because I will be doing that in the next couple weeks. From Wisconsin again! Woo! <laughs> um, but... Okay. But yeah, are we ready to get this shitstorm blowing? I didn't like that either. <laughs> I swear to God. Welcome to Secret Life of Two Gay American <laughs> Teenagers. My name is Aaron. And I'm Jesse. And this... And this is the show. This is the show. Where we talk gossip and secrets about the students of Grant High. Yeah, Jesse texted me this week and said that he, much like people, had that um, depression about Pandora. And yeah, that it wasn't a real place that you could go. Avatar, he has that about Ulysses S. Grant High. Yeah, every time I see those hallways, I just get caught thinking, like, you know, sometimes watching the show will help, but I can't stop thinking, like, I'll never get to go there. Yeah, that's very sad. I'll never get to walk down the hallway and hear people talking about their rampant sex lives. <laughs> Um, I'll never have a blonde girl shouting, I'm a crazy Christian, at me. Yeah. Or, God help Adrian because oh, she is such a bitch. She's such a bitch. But I, that is such an iconic line. I still think about me that. Too. I will be using it someday if I can, if I get into a religious based brawl. <laughs> Um, this is season two, episode 17, the second time around. It was written by Brenda Hampton and Elaine Arada. It has... You know, now that I'm hearing the writers more often, I think Elaine Arada also needs to answer for her sins. Oh, for sure. 100%. You know, this is a system. This is a systemic problem. I, it's not just Brenda Hampton. It goes all the way. I think our best writer so far, the one that I probably have the least beef with, is Jeffrey Rogers. Wasn't he involved in Just Say Me? No, that uh, no, that was Brenda Hampton and Paul Perlove, I think. Okay. No, I know Jeffrey Rogers had one episode that slapped, and I think he had. A couple that were like bad, but not well. But they're all bad. So I think if you have one that slaps, it's like a good thing. That's true. So anyway, this episode had two point eight nine million viewers, and it aired on February first, two thousand ten. Wow, Groundhog Day Eve. Is Groundhog Day every year February second? I thought so. I don't know. I've been to I Punxsutawney. I could be wrong. I'm not one of those Punxsutawney bitches, you know? I have been to Punxsutawney. Did you meet Phil? I did not. Why did I go to Punxsutawney? I think I went to a wedding near there. Was it Groundhog themed? No, it was at a camp. Did they redo the wedding every day for like several years? No, they both jumped in the river afterward in their wedding attire. That's stupid. <laughs> if they're li if you're listening, like I just want you to know, I think that's dumb. It wasn't you, was it? I never went through with my wedding, thank God. But is it is it someone that would be offended if I said that that was a silly thing to do? It was. You know what? I take it back. That tracks. Mm -hmm. 
She doesn't listen, does she? I know she follows the account. Uh, I think your wedding was beautiful. <laughs> and I'm really, I support your decision. Honestly, now that I know it was her, it does make sense it does. to me. And it's like, perfect. It fits with her personality. If it was anyone else, I'd be like, that's silly. Yeah. I now, you know what? I mean, the little crow right now. I feel silly for saying that it was silly. <laughs> okay, so February 1st, 2010. First day of Black History Month. My article does not have to do with that. Oh my goodness, you know what that means. This was exactly 11 years before the Swifties took me down. <laughs> no, because yours was March 1st, because you said... Son of a bitch, I forgot, Taylor never mind. Swift, you know, respectfully yeah. kept this in her drafts until the end of Black History Month. <laughs> I still stand by that joke. I think it was a good joke. I'm glad... To anyone with reading comprehension and basic awareness, I think it was a good joke. Yeah. But unfortunately, it was the Swifties that found it. I think you should post that joke on the Patreon so people can see. Should I just post a link to that tweet so they can see all the ways I was crucified? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so. And Virginia which, and Georgia. I never wanted that to be the hill I was going to die <laughs> on for some stupid show that I'm never going to watch. My um, biblical context actually is, has to do with Taylor Swift. Hells yeah. Is it what I think it is? I don't think so. I mean, say it, and then we'll, I can tell you if it's what I think it is. It doesn't is. have to do with Kanye West. No, that's not oh, what okay. I think it is. It says, for young superstar Taylor Swift, big wins means innocence lost. Success has necessitated... Oh, God, can I fucking read? Success has necessitated... What the fuck? Success has necessitated... Necessitated... Necessitated. Thank you. <laughs> You're talking about reading. And that was poetry to me. <laughs> this is how I know you're secretly a Swifty. Because <laughs> I have no reading comprehension. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ooh, we're starting off strong. Success has necessitated a reevaluation of Taylor Swift. And I tried to read the article, but it was like way behind a paywall. So then I tried to open it in an incognito tab and take like a screenshot mm. really quickly. And I couldn't. But basically, yeah. this is like she just won four Grammys. She won Album yes. of the Year. I think. Disgusting. Oh, in 2010, she won for Fearless. Right. This. <laughs> This article sounds like it could very easily be part of part of the press junket for Miss Americana on Netflix. What, an article that you just found or the one that I... No, the one that you... Oh, yeah. Big wins mean innocence lost. Because that's kind of what Miss Americana is all about, basically, is like, well, it sucks to be successful. Yeah. Yeah. She won Album of the Year over... Do you know what she won it over? 2010... Um, yeah. no, I probably, I like just started being allowed to listen to secular music, okay. so. Yeah, she beat out I Am Sasha Fierce by Beyonce. Oh. The End by the Black Eyed Peas, which is hilarious to me. The Fame by Lady Gaga. What? And Big Whiskey and the Grugrux King by the Dave Matthews Band. Weird. What a wild era of music that I feel completely left out of because I was were you not a boom boom pal pal child i was such a sheltered little freak oh 
And I was such a dirty little freak at that point, yeah. so I was all in that black eyed peas business. Yeah, no. So, all right, what is your biblical context? That's a great question. Um, I just went to the New Yorker because. Oh yeah, mine was from the like New York that. Times, by the way. Um, I just have one that was interesting. It's a long read, so I didn't really read much of it. It's just the movement, the rise of Tea Party activism. Which, oh, that's an oxymoron if I've ever heard one. <laughs> More like Tea Party regressivism. <laughs> um, there was like a big thing so, with Sarah Palin. Because I saw a lot yeah. of articles about that too, yeah. Sarah Palin did really push the snowball that became where we're at today with the Republican Party in a very real way. And in a way that I didn't realize until recently reading up some history. Mm-hmm. Because I just remember her being, like, kind of wacky and people making fun of her. I didn't remember her being, like, a huge proponent of, like, birtherism around Barack Obama and, like, racist attacks and, like... Yeah. Just, like, general fuckery that wasn't good. So that was really interesting to learn. Um, Also interesting in The New Yorker, this is fiction, so it didn't really count, but... There's just a story titled The Fjord of Killery, which I'm assuming is about Hillary Clinton. Killery Clinton, more like. <laughs> Where, what was in the emails? That's all I want to know. That's all I'm asking. What was in the emails? It's recipes for jello shots. That would honestly be more damning than anything else that could be in there. <laughs> it was actually on the same page as like the Benghazi briefs. Yeah, it's so weird. It was at the bottom. Anywho. Anywho, let's get into... Honestly, this episode and next episode I'm not super excited about. Not much really happens. Oh my god. They're not really entertaining in a way. <laughs> no, not at all. I was all. kind of bored the whole time. I watched the first episode and then I had a psychiatry appointment and then I watched the second episode today. So that's how... My episodes were broken up. I just watched them both this morning when I was, um, it was a good way to procrastinate because I was actually doing something I needed to do. Mm, I feel that. Okay, so we begin, let's use our imagination to go to Amy, no, not Amy, God fucking damn it, um, Ashley's bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) We start in Ashley's bedroom, and she's looking at some kind of, like, memory box, and she's looking at a picture of a guy with a dog. Ew. It's George. We later find out it's George, but... Did you not know immediately? No. Did you? I did. Is it a real picture of Mark Derwin? I don't know. I didn't get a good enough look, and I did not care enough to find out, you know? So. Usually they're pretty good about finding, like, actual family photos of... Yeah, I <laughs> was mostly just distracted by the dog. Yeah, once I was in a play in, like, middle school where I was, like, a middle-aged family man, and for the set background, um, they had me bring in a picture of my parents' wedding. Oh, cute. To, like, serve as, like, a little piece of flavor. So that was actually me and my friend Helen on our wedding day, That's supposedly. Cute. Okay, so Amy comes into Ashley's bedroom and she is dressed for a date with Cotillion. Jimmy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, that too. What'd you say? Cotillion, oh. but I think I might have been misremembering. Um, she's dressed for a date with Jimmy and 
she comes in. She's kind of like, she's nervous. She's asking Ashley. She's like, what's going, yes. what's going on? How do I look? What do you think? And Ashley does not look up from the picture. She's just engrossed with this photo of her father for some reason. Yeah. And she tells Amy to take a condom. And she's like, yeah. it's a compliment. It means you look hot. Which, gross? That's actually the most disgusting way to give a compliment, in a way. Like, if someone ever told me to take a condom and was like, no, that means you look hot, I'd have to go in and take a shower. Yeah. And then Amy is like, oh, do I look hot? And Ashley's like, yeah, but now you're hot and needy, which is gross. And I was like, hot and needy, that's how I like mine, let me tell you. I was going to say, that's actually hotter, in a way. (laughs) Um, That's kind of my whole M.O., so it better be hot. (laughs) Amy goes over to Ashley's desk to get a condom. Oh, my Lord. Where are these condoms, Jesse? They're in an embroidered condom pouch. It just, it's a black little pouch, like you would put dice or some shit in. Yeah. And embroidered in gold is the word condoms. Wild. Where did she get this? Spencer's probably right. Probably. Also, she went to the mall and went to the above eighteen area yeah, with really her did. fake ID. Um, or she did it herself. She got like a tarot pouch and she put condoms <laughs> on it. But then Ashley gets mad that Amy might have sex with Jimmy. She's like, "You shouldn't do that on the third date." It's like Ashley, shut it's the like, fuck Ashley, up. Be quiet. Like then don't offer. Yeah. And like if you're making that little joke, then don't like take it to the next step and be like, "Yeah, grab one. They're in." The desk exactly. in my embroidered combat condom pouch. Ashley is just so widely uncomfortable with anybody doing anything fun ever. She's so quick to condemnation. Wow. <laughs> oh, I'm back. I was feeling a slump, but now I got the energy back. Ashley is like, you know, condoms don't work from your purse. And Annie's like, yeah, you have to put them on the banana. I'm joking. Which was a funny joke. They're really trying to make Amy into a little jokester lately. See, that's what my note here is like. So Amy's just not funny, right? Because like (laughs) none of her jokes land. She keeps on making jokes and everyone's like, what are you doing? Yeah, they're trying to force this. So like, that's a mark of not, that's the thing. They're trying to force it, but they're not even backing it up in show. They're having her friends like look at her like she's an idiot. So um, I don't get why they're doing it. Yeah. And then Amy leaves, but before she does, she said, thanks for the tip about the condom, and for also saying that I look hot. Which, like, that's a sister thing. Yeah, you shouldn't have to beg for compliments from your sister when you're going out on a date. In my opinion. But that's just me. You shouldn't have to beg for compliments from your sister even when you're not going out for on a date. That's true. So I don't know. It's payback for when Ashley came um, into the house for the first day of school and Anne and Amy oh. made her change. She's been holding a grudge since then. I would too, honestly. I've never been roast- roasted so hard by my family on an outfit that I had to become the sexiest person <laughs> in school. Um, okay, so we go to the theme. Wait, yeah. We. Oh, wait. Oh. Oh, wait, no, this might be after the theme. When did they zoom in on the picture? It's after the theme, right? Um, I think it might be right before. Because they kind of show the picture. Um, and in it, 
I just have a note that says, is George, you know, because the way he's posed in the picture, like, he and the dog have, like, the floppy wrist. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It just made me giggle, because they were both doing it. (laughs) Listen, those queens live like kings. Yes. We know that George is slightly curious. Oh, for sure. And apparently so was the dog he was with. <laughs> Not Moose, though. So No. You know my childhood dog was a bisexual icon? Really? Have I ever told you that? I love that. Yeah, he was, like, neutered and everything, but he would still mount anything that got in his <laughs> way. Male or female. No discrimination. Um, the way he lived boldly and out loud inspired me. <laughs> to come out (laughs) we go to ashley's bedroom again back from the theme this time it's george and ashley talking the pictures of george from when he was younger and working at the furniture the furniture store before he owned it yes from a calendar that they made as a promotion which, also, I need to say, I don't know what's wrong with me or what was wrong with me as I was watching this episode, because I just have 12 months of George, dot, 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 I'd kill for that calendar. <laughs> um, Disgusting. For real. In this memory box, Ashley also found a letter from someone named Rita. Oh, yeah. From George apologizing to Anne about something. Oh, yeah. Rita. And the letter so basically is like... Oh. Babe, it was nothing. She's just a customer. We were laying. Where have I heard that one before, George? We were laying down in bed together to be funny. It's like I've seen Five Hundred Days of Summer, George. Oh yeah. It's not funny. Is George Summer or Tom in this scenario? (laughs) I think he might be Summer. He's just looking to get his rocks off. He's not really like looking for a relationship but rita is yeah i think so rita for sure moped around for a full year after um after um fucking george stopped hanging around and then met someone named autumn that was i remember being like this is the peak of cinema (laughs) yeah (laughs) at that moment when he meets a girl after he finally gets over summer named autumn and the little title card flips to, like, day one on, like, an autumnal background. I lost my damn mind. I thought there was going to be a sequel. I mean, I'm mean, i glad there wasn't. Me too. But my little brain was like... Because I watched that movie every Sunday afternoon. No, I watched it so many times. And it took me so long to realize, like... It's mental illness, isn't it? <laughs> It's very funny listening to the writer of that now try to act like he intended all along for Tom to be kind of the villain when it's like very much, no, when you wrote this, mm-hmm. you thought Tom was the good guy and like now on reflection, everyone else has realized that he's not. So you're kind of like, yeah, no, no, this is like, this is, this is, this is the nuance I was trying to put mm-hmm. in here. And it's like, buddy, you are quoted on IMDb of saying that 97% of this film happened to you. <laughs> Yikes. Also the little opening number where you're like, you know, any people in this, any resemblance to any people or places is purely fictitious, except for whatever name. Yeah, dot, fuck dot, you. Dot, bitch. Yeah. So <laughs> like, yeah, you can't tell me that you think Tom is the good guy, or the bad guy. Uh, yeah. 
Well, this has been the 500 days of two gay summers. And <laughs> oh my god. That... <laughs> Could that be our next podcast? Yeah. We just watch 500 days of summer, 500 days of the year. That sounds great. So I'm ready. <laughs> I'm into it. Anywho, all this to say, George apparently has a history of infidelity. Yeah. And I, I did write the note. It gives me like major Arthur vibes. Um... Do you know what I'm referring to? No. You know the PBS show Arthur recently canceled? Oh, it was canceled. Or not, it just wasn't renewed. Oh, I guess yeah. it wasn't, you know, canceled um, per se. It's just not coming back. But there's a really iconic uh, <laughs> scene from an old episode where Arthur has to apologize to Sue Allen for bullying her. <laughs> And the letter he writes is, Dear Sue Ellen, I'm sorry I upset you. I didn't mean to. It was really just a joke. I thought you could take a joke, but I guess I was wrong. I've been teased before about wearing glasses, but I never felt like I had to tell the teacher about it and get someone else in trouble. Maybe you're just overreacting. I don't understand why you're so upset about such a small thing. I thought we were friends, Arthur. <laughs> Arthur is really such a bitch. Arthur it was... No, he was a bad person, and I loved him. Arthur was that bitch. He really was. Um, Arthur, again, gay icon. Yeah. Every day when you're walking down the street. George left the note for Anne on her dorm room with some gladiolas, which apparently is a shitty flower. Listen, if you give me flowers, I don't care how shitty they are. I've never thought about a gladiola before. I didn't even know that was the name of a flower. Oh, it is. Apparently they're shitty. Thanks, Jesse. <laughs> and Ashley kind of calls him out on it. He's like, her favorite her favorite flowers are yellow roses. And he's like, yeah, I was saving for a ring. And she knew that. So she told and me she a wanted the flower. ring. Yeah. So um, Ashley rushes to George's bedroom and like rifles through his things to which he half-heartedly is like, hey, that's private. It's like, you don't think Ashley has gone through every single one of your things? Yeah, you who, like, actively participates with her of going through Amy's shit, you don't think that she goes through other people's shit, too? Yeah, she read her diary to you. Yeah, you know Ashley has no boundaries when it comes to privacy. No. She grabs the engagement ring, and she tells George to take it to Anne. She's like, take this ring to Anne. I'm sorry. Anne just had a baby. She's had three babies now. The ring that George got her when she was in college is probably not going to fit her anymore. Yeah, I was going to say, babe, I think there's probably a reason that she took it off. Yeah. But, okay, we go from there to the nondescript restaurant. Oh, my God. Where Amy and Jimmy are eating. And apparently already she's called twice to check on John. Which I get when you're a new mother and you've barely left your child alone. Like Yeah, I always, I mean, if it's like a new parent, I'll like send like text updates, especially if they're like really anxious or I'll send yeah. pictures of what we've done. Throughout. Could you get pictures on phones at that point? Because I know a phone with email was still worthy of an entire plot line at I, this point. I got my first phone in 2010 and I could get pictures on it, but... But Amy's phone looks like it sucks ass. Yeah, they really need to get her a better one. I found Jimmy a little annoying. Yeah, 
I don't know. I, I don't know how much he knows about the situation, but Amy yeah. is like, Adrian is over, but I'm okay with it because I used to not like her, but now I do like her. Yeah. And Jimmy is like, oh, well, like, is it actually because, you know, you don't want Ricky to be with Adrian? Do you have feelings for Ricky? Do you still have feelings for Ben? Did you have sex with Ben? It's like, okay. One, shut the fuck up. Like, it doesn't matter if she had sex with Ben or not. Like, you know she's been sexually active before, obviously, because she has a child. Yeah. Like, you know this when you sign up, so it shouldn't matter to you. Um, and if it does matter to you, then maybe don't date a girl who already has a baby. For sure. Um, also, it's your second date. It's none of your business. Um, like I said, I believe in like discussing past sexual experience only as far as it comes to like what's required to be safe. Yeah. And he's not doing this to be like, oh, have you been tested for STDs? He's doing this to be like, I need to make sure my girl is pure. Exactly. Which, again, she's already had a baby. So, like, if that's your big hang-up, like, move along, Jimbo. Exactly. Um, I don't know. Jimmy has, himself has never had sex. He's waiting for the one worth waiting for. Which, like... It's like, okay, bud. Easy to say when you're 16. Um, also, I mean, I guess it is kind of good to foil him to like every other male character in this show who, that's like, true it is nice to see a respectful man yeah to an extent who cannot wait to get fucked yeah so we go to ben and henry and alice they're in ben's bedroom and ben doesn't want to go out with them because it's different now that they're dating it's not like old times he'll feel like the third wheel and alice yes. is quick to assure him that he was always, like, the third wheel. Yes. And Ben's like, no, but, like, now you're having sex. And it's like, what, what's, what, okay. Yeah. And they do promise that they won't have sex in front of him. Which, honestly, I'm glad they made that promise. Because those two, it wouldn't surprise me. N- no. Like, I think they might have a little bit of a voyeuristic streak. They have every... They are so kinky. <laughs> they they really are for are. sure fucking in rest stops. <laughs> and that's a reference to an off-pod conversation, so that might get cut, but... Um, ben doesn't want to go out at all, and then Alice is concerned, but Henry's not. Henry's like, okay, whatever, let's just leave. Yeah. So they head downstairs, where <sighs> we finally get to see other parts of this house. And let me say that yes. I am so disappointed because it's all fucking wood and leather. It is so ugly. It's so dark. It's so generic rich, you know? And like, not like... In like a 1970s fashion. In like a bachelor way, you know? It's like it's like the Knives Out house. Ex- I was thinking that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like, someone's going to get murdered there later in the series, and we're going to have to figure out who, while Daniel Craig puts on a mildly offensive southern accent. Yeah, I was going to say it looked like the Clue House, which is, I'm sure, Knives Out took from Same vibes. Yeah. Yeah. So, Leo and Betty are drinking wine, which Betty is chewing gum, which is just insulting. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, she's chewing blue gum while she drinks this wine, but she does have the great line that... Where she says, wine tastes like grapes. 
So, are we to assume that she's never had wine before? <laughs> I don't Can know. Can I say, watching Jennifer Coolidge in this role made me so happy that she's finally got, like, a good television role, because I just started watching The White Lotus. Mm-hmm. And she is phenomenal in Yeah. That. So I'm just glad she's finally, like, getting something to do after years of parts like this. Yeah. Um, Alice and Henry come downstairs and Leo's like, oh, you're leaving already. And Alice is like, well, we can't do anything. I can't drive Henry because restrictions, restrictions. Um, and she's like, but we don't need to go anywhere to have fun. I'm sorry. If my child's friend ever like talks to me about their sex life, boundaries, Alice. Your mom Alice is a doesn't believe in boundaries. But what what is this stereotype in media that like all therapist kids are like that, you know? Yeah. Like really loud and open and like share too much. Leo lets them take the car and the driver because he's like, it's a bummer that Ben won't go out with you. Like he's not gonna use it. I'm not gonna use it. So you go ahead and take it. Um, yeah, because apparently their driver is just, like, on call. Yeah, he just works all the time. Parasite vibes. For real. Ben, so then we go back to Ben's bedroom, and he's on the phone with someone, and he feels bad for lying and having Leah lie, but he's going to drive over for their first date. <coughs> also, he says ciao before he hangs up. I said, that boy is insufferable. I... Yeah. Every time I see him, I'm like, why couldn't he have been on that plane? <laughs> um, then we go to George in the car, in which he's listening to a song, and it goes, love is lovelier the second time around. And to no one, he's just like, yeah, yeah, that's right, love is love. This is the second time around. It's going to be lovely. Hell yeah. It has to work. It has to. Okay. Why not? Whatever. He has flowers in the passenger seat. And then we go to Ashley's room again, where someone is Some not... Some of us went to a commercial break, but I guess for the oh. privileged among us, it is just Ashley's room. <laughs> I'm going to take this time and listen and do better. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And really, I do accept your apology on behalf of those people affected by it. I'm mm -hmm. personally not affected by this, but, like, for other people, I think oh, you did okay. a good job apologizing. Thank you. So, someone is knocking on Ashley's door with a pizza delivery. So, Griffin calls to say that the pizza's from him. He sent the delivery. And Ashley's like, well, I don't have any money. So, Griffin tells her to sleep with the guy to pay for the pizza. So... Is that an option, first of all? I mean... I know I've seen a lot of movies where that happens, but the movies are really weird and they're only on this one website, so I'm not oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool, cool. Um, <laughs> no, this confused me. Like, it would be so shitty to order a pizza to someone's house to surprise them without paying for it, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine doing that? I'm going to send you a pizza, but I'm not going to pay for it. I'm going to make you pay for it. No. And it's going to be full of gluten, so you can't even eat it. What? That would be... I would be so sad. <laughs> I would be so mean. I would never do that to you, probably. Griffin tells her to answer the door and call him back. And 
Ashley like sneaks out of the back door and then goes into the front door of the house because she doesn't want to open the garage door, which I get. It's like inviting well, someone thing. into your fucking bedroom. Yeah. I didn't realize that's what she did because I was very confused. I'm like, oh, was I just not paying attention? Mm-hmm. Um, and she's been in the house the whole time. I could have sworn she was in her bedroom. <laughs> no, because then she says, over here. And she opens the front door and the kid comes up and he says, wow. She goes, you just said that out loud. And he goes, I'm owning it. I don't like him already within minutes of seeing him. No. Within seconds of seeing him. Literally, like, the next couple lines out of his mouth are, I think I might like you. I think I might love you. They really just throw the word love around when it comes to Ashley, I've noticed. Is Brennan Hampton married? Not anymore. Not after this show. <laughs> like, has she ever been in a relationship? I mean, I don't want to assume anything, but it's just like, how do these people fucking flirt? Oh my god. Yeah, I... I don't know. Things were different back then, I guess. So, the kid practically begs Ashley to eat the pizza with him. He's Griffin's cousin. Some good lines that Ashley has as she's vetting mm. him before they spend the evening together. She says, are you gay? I know it runs in the family. Which, honestly, so impressive that Ashley knows that there is a hereditary component of homosexuality. That's yeah. really cool that she's been doing her research. Yeah, she's oh. actually, um, yeah, she spends a lot of time in the UCLA uh, medical research library just reading academic journals yeah um sorry i do just need to pause for a second um i just googled brenda hampton husband and the first thing that came up um says brenda hampton is a famous writer brenda hampton husband name is james hampton (laughs) so based on that grammar i don't know how much we can (laughs) trust this source but apparently she has a marriage well i'm happy for her it's on borntogamer.com. <laughs> you just got a virus on your phone. I did. I for sure did. I got to close it because I just got a pop-up asking if my VPN was updated. That's so Or telling me to update. Yeah, I for sure can't use my phone anymore, especially not for banking. <laughs> um... The next vetting question she asks is, have you ever killed anyone? Which, was she expecting someone to answer that question honestly? I don't know what she was expecting asking that question, period. What if he was like, yeah, I was a sleeper agent? Honestly, she'd probably dig it. That's true. Um, And he says, only with kindness. He's also never been arrested or done anything illegal to be arrested for, so... Boo. Sounds really So, like, he's boring, basically. He is 16, and she's like, I'm not going to let you in the house, because I could job Ashley, stranger danger. And he's like, ooh, the backyard. Griffin says you have a a backyard, so. Yeah, so they're really, again, they're going to use this backyard set to death. They really are. Um, She calls Griffin. They will never be inside again. Griffin's really excited when Ashley calls him back, and she also never asks this kid what his name is, and so Griffin tells her that his name is Grant. She's like, does everybody hey. in your family's name starts with the 
start with a G. He's like, yeah. Which is wild, because this is a cousin. Yeah. So you're telling me the whole extended family is G's. Everyone. There's not that many G names. Do you think Gigi is part of their family? Who's Gigi? Gilmore Girls? Gilmore Girls. Oh my gosh, that would mean that Rory is part of their family. By extension. Uh, Gross. So... Then we go back to Jimmy and Amy in the restaurant, and they have switched it up in the middle of the meal, apparently. They used to be on opposite sides of the booth, and now they're together on the same side of the booth. Disgusting. I hate it. Me too. Um, And basically, he's like, do you want to go sit in my car, and like we can you know, park for a while? And she's like, um, no. Did you ever go parking in high school? No. Lame. And like make out with someone? Yeah. No, I had my first kiss when I was 19. Oh, well, I went parking with people and that um, we'd have long drawn out conversations in my car and then I wouldn't kiss them. I would categorically refuse to oh, kiss them. I would have long conversations with people in my car, but no, I never made out with anyone. I had a lot of young women crying in my car. <laughs> Um, (laughs) instead of going and parking in his car, they're going to order dessert because Amy is a little bit scared to be alone with him, which is cute. I think this is, you know, this is kind of accurate to like early dating vibes. Yeah. And this too, he's like, oh, do you want to get dessert here or should we go somewhere else? And it's like, this is the only restaurant in town, bud. Where else would you get dessert? Exactly. The Dairy Shack? They could, potentially. The server comes back with the dessert menus while Amy and Jimmy are kissing. And he says, that's not on the menu. I would not give this man a tip. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. Always tip your workers. That line is written for a show with a laugh track. Oh, for sure. That line is not written for this show. That's really, that was a two broke girls line. Yeah. Madison and Lauren walk up with absolutely zero chill with their dates. Sorry, um, just before we get to that, at some point she's like, oh, I don't want to cost you money. Like, if you mm-hmm. can't afford dessert, that's fine. Which I thought was very sweet. That's me. Um, Anytime I always order the cheapest thing on the menu. Oh, for sure. I order, I look at what they order and I make sure whatever I order is the same or cheaper. Me too. Hi, We are the same in a lot of ways. That's we probably not necessarily good. The same <laughs> amount of social anxiety. Yes, I love that. Um, but my note here is that this, too, illustrates that Jimmy sucks, because he's like, look, I really appreciate it, but I have enough money. I had enough money for the entree. I have enough money for dessert. I even have enough for the tip. And it's like, okay, if you didn't have enough for the tip, though, you realize you shouldn't be going out, exactly. right? Like, you gotta you gotta tip your weight. St- like, you're acting like it's a bonus that you just happen to have enough for a tip. Like, mm-hmm. you, you have to tip, bud. Um, but yeah, sorry. I just wanted to get that off my chest. No. Yeah, no, Madison and Lauren just happened to be on a double date right at this very restaurant. It's so, well, because there's only one restaurant in town. Yeah, and because they know Amy's going to be there. Like, it's for sure. They just want to yeah. scoop scope out this Jimmy fella. They make Jimmy so uncomfortable and Amy uncomfortable because they're, like, very intense. Yeah. And then Madison also is like, don't you love Jack's new haircut? I made him do it. Sure, Madison. And then we also find out Lauren's date's name is... I didn't catch it. Yes, you did. 
No, I didn't. You really didn't. Name. Jesse. What? Are you being really? Are you being legit right now? Wow. <laughs> You're lying. <laughs> yeah. No. My note here is I love a generic white boy named Jesse. <laughs> like that's really. It really brought a tear to my eye. I, I was like, he's even mentioned next episode. I will say, um, I don't know if it was the name, but like he was kind of cute. It was definitely the name. Really? Yeah. He's like mannequin cute, you know, like <laughs> generic in a way, like J. Crew ad cute. Yeah. But actually not J. Crew, like something preppier than J. Crew. For sure. Like a polo polo. Yeah, Ralph Lauren. Yeah, he looks like someone who would tie a sweater over his shoulders. For sure. So, Jimmy invites them to join them and sit down. We don't get to see any of that interaction. They really, like, always tee up the most exciting interactions and then just cut away. I actually respect that because they know that, like, whatever we're thinking in our head is more interesting than what they could do. (laughs) It's like how in Jaws, they're like, oh, we can't show the shark too much because whatever you thinking (laughs) is scarier than what we can do with prosthetics. Um, we go to Ricky's apartment. He's watching John sleep in the pack and play. And he says goodnight and that he'll be in the next room and that he loves him. And he How walks... old is John supposed to be? I think almost a year or okay. at, at least a year now because later. So he's starting to catch up to his actor. In the, yeah. In the next episode, we find out that Grace's dad has been dead for almost a year. Okay. Cool. 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 So just checking. Yeah, and Grace's dad died, like, a month after John was born. Yeah. Okay, cool. Just curious, because Again, every time we see John, I'm just so hyper-aware of... But also, um, like, it's not like they give us holidays or anything to, like... No, they refuse to mark the passage of time yeah. in any noticeable way. You just kind of have to pick up little breadcrumbs the characters throw down from time to time. Exactly. No benchmarks. So... He goes into the kitchen, and there's a candlelit dinner that Adrian cooked for them. And so they're, like, doing a little kissy kiss, and Adrian yeah, says, I wonder if this is what married life would feel like. And Ricky immediately is like, no, bitch. <laughs> like, married life would suck! <laughs> and then they make out some more, and Adrian's like, are we gonna do this before dinner? And Ricky's response is, after dinner and before breakfast, they're going to go three times. I don't think they could. I don't <laughs> think Ricky has the stamina, frankly. Adrian could. Adrian also, could go four or five. Literally, I'm sorry, where are they doing this? Because John is in the bedroom. Hey, I was home with my friends the other week. And I mentioned that a person that I'd seen lived alone. And they were all like, oh, that's the best. That means any room is fair game and any surface is fair game. So it's kind of that situation. My friends are freaks, by the way. Yeah. If you're listening, friends, you're freaky. (laughs) And I love that about you. We go to Grace's house. Ben knocks on the door. Uh And Grace Grace answers it. And he has flowers for her. And Grace is like, I feel so special that you, like, have chosen to spend your first night driving with me. Do you know what my note here is? What? No! God, no! Fucking no! I want to die! I, the little, like, 
info on Hulu. On it Hulu. spoiled this. Yeah, it spoiled it for me. But I didn't know. I thought it was going to be like a friendship. I didn't think it was going to be like a date. Well, Ben did. You know, he did say that Amy would be a starter girlfriend. And he could work up well, to dating a- Grace. That's what actually pissed me off more than anything was knowing that Ben had this extremely disgusting view in his mind from day one. Yeah. Because Ben does say, he says, I thought you were special since the first time I saw you. And he, he, he says, I would love to be friends. So he's setting the, you know, the expectations. Low. Low. We go from there to fucking George driving and he's like pumping himself up. He's like, you can do this. You've done it before. You can do it again. I want, I want Anne to come home. I want my family back, blah, blah, blah. And then there's, like, a comedic car crash gaps, yeah, he gasp like, scene where they, know, like, zoom in on his face. And he's making a wacky expression. This and... is a scene from an anime. No, I was just going to say, like, again, this show is a cartoon. Yeah. And I was also curious if this was now George's turn to die in a car crash because they kind of milked all the dead father storylines from Grace. And they're like, well, let's see how Amy would react if she had a dead father. <laughs> um, let's spread the love a little bit, you know? For real. Ashley would just evaporate. Oh, that's the thing. Without George to be naughty with? I didn't like that either. I'm sorry. <laughs> but annoying with i guess would be better because i was gonna say like without george to misbehave like anything you say sounds bad yeah so we go to a commercial break when we come back (laughs) george is like so much kneeling on the side of the road he has a gash on his forehead he's holding something in a turtle and asking it to live and it gets up and crawls away it's a squirrel which, how did a squirrel do that much damage? Like, okay, whatever. He braked really suddenly. But the thing is, is he is on a narrow one-lane road. Yeah. So how fast was he going? I don't, I can't think about this show. Me neither. He says that it's a good omen that the squirrel lived, and then he goes to get back in the car, and all the fl- flowers fall out. Yeah, so that's maybe not a good omen. Yeah. That might, some would consider that a bad omen, even. <laughs> yeah. So then we go to the Bowman household, uh, where Grace and Ben are talking about, like, normal things. This conversation actually wasn't insufferable, because it the conversation topic doesn't get repeated any other time during the show. That's true. It is a one and done, which we don't get many of those here. And it, like, is providing depth to the characters. Yeah. So Grace was invited back to med camp, but this time she's thinking about doing cardiology instead of sports medicine. Yes, because sports medicine was a bit of a lock. <laughs> also just proves that last summer she definitely could have deferred a year because her father had just died. Well, I don't know. I don't know if they would have invited her back. You know what I mean? I think she made a good impression so that like you can come back. Yeah. So, but she wants to do... So, okay, she wants to do cardiology. She's going to be fully, like, a Scientologist-adjacent person by the end of this culty camp that she goes yeah, to. Yeah, definitely. Um, ben wants... Ben is talking about how he doesn't know what he wants to do, but he probably will go to college because Leo never went to college, and, like, he wants that for him. He's thinking that... about studying international business. Can I say, if you don't mind me asking, did your parents go to college? 
Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Because, like, my mom went to college, but my dad didn't. And I feel like he pushed me more to go to college because of that. So, like, it was just like, oh, this is interesting. Um, yeah. I think sometimes, like, the parents who didn't go to college kind of want you to go. Or they don't want you to go. Yeah. Ben wants to study international business. Did you have any idea what you wanted to study when you were 16? Well, I was undeclared my first two years of college, so... (laughs) I'm gonna go with no. (laughs) I knew what I wanted to do, but I thought it was wildly fanciful and not realistic, so I didn't really pursue it. Yeah, I graduated college in three years, but I changed my major five times over the course of it, so... Wait, how did you... How? Because the first time I changed it, I changed it from computer science to accounting. That's right. Oh, that's funny. And which again, before we like kind of reconnected over the last couple years, I did fully think you were an accountant for some reason. Yeah, you did. <laughs> um, but computer science took care of like most of my gen eds or whatever. Oh yeah. Or electives. And then I was accounting for a really long time. And then I was psych. But I was psych for such a short amount of time. And then I was business and psych. And then finally to graduate early, I dropped the psych and just did business. Oh, so you really said psych? Yeah. <laughs> I have a psych minor, but. Oh, I don't. I was a class shy. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't do anything for you. Well, that's the thing. I already have a soci minor and I don't even know what sociology is. Yeah. No one does. I just know we read Marx a lot and it really kind of radicalized me in a way they weren't <laughs> expecting. <laughs> the wrong way for them. So, yeah. Cut to me in, you know, Western Civ raising my hand and saying, yeah, you know, it's funny. Like this Marx passage we read, it really sounds more Christian than a lot of the shit I'm hearing elsewhere. Oh my God. And yeah. the professor immediately being, no, no, that's wrong. We're not going to, no. And just not accepting any conversation. All this to say, Leo didn't go to college. Ben wants to study international business. You don't have to know what you want to do when you're 16. You don't have to know what know what you want to do when you're 23. I got a business degree. I never used it. I was a nanny for three years, and now I'm in social work. So Yeah, I still don't know what I want to do. I'm just kind of chilling. I have a podcast. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, um, all yeah, this to say, we... if someone wants to put me in their writer's room, I will abandon social work faster than you can say social work but like if someone needs one person in their writer's room you should definitely poach me because i don't have any prospects <laughs> if they need two people they should definitely take both of us right, but only sure. one i have no means of income so like i think a good friend would want me to have it but right? i think like... <laughs> actually if you put me and you together we create one brain so we're we should be a package that's deal. the thing we are both we both have about half of a functioning human within us mm-hmm And when you put that together, we can put together, like, probably three quarters of the amount of work that people would expect. Yeah. From one person, let alone two. I think that's, I think we're selling ourselves really well, right? I think so. Is this a job interview? I feel like it is. Well, that's the thing. Like, I I approach every podcast as if it's a job interview. Sorry, my voice just got all phlegmy and sexy. (laughs) Let's get back to this, because we're an hour and 22 minutes of still. Yeah, we need to fly. There's so much left. I'm sick of it. So he wants to do international business. Grace is like, is that why you're learning Italian? And he's like that and other reasons. We have family who live in Italy. My dad is Italian and Jewish. My mom is just Italian. And Grace is like, oh, is your mom Catholic? I'm pure wasp. Why are we talking about this? Also, Jewish is not a 
nationality. No. It's... Judaism is so complex in my mind of what it actually is because it is, you know, it's a religion, but it's also a people group in a way that most religions aren't. for sure. But it's also, like, you're Jewish and you're still white for the most part, unless you're Jewish and you're not white. It's just weird that he says my dad, like, my dad's mom was Italian and my dad's dad was Jewish. And oh, as if like, Jewish is the country? Yeah, that's. It's not a nationality. Okay, a, I get what you're saying be, now. It might be yeah. an ethnicity, but it's not a nationality. Yes. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I think what you're forgetting is that Italian is an ethnicity. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I feel stupid now that I didn't understand what you were saying. No, no, yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's very funny. You I were, immediately you were ready all... to be so diplomatic and be like. No, I just, I thought this was going to be, like, the start of an anti-Catholic storyline, and I was bracing myself for Mm -hmm. Grace to say something like, well, your mother wasn't saved, and therefore she is in hell. (laughs) Yeah, same. But then they start talking about Betty, and Ben thinks that, like, Leo and Betty, their match is crazy, but he's like, but they love each other, you know, whatever. Yeah. To which we go immediately to Leo and Betty in this disgusting wooden house. Yes. And they're, they're dancing. dancing. They're dancing. It's cute. I like, they seem happy together. And Leo says that yeah. he wants to get married. And he just wants to do a small wedding here with like just Ben. And like anything Betty wants for the wedding, he'll get for her. She's like, well, I want to wear a crew. And he's like, bless you. <laughs> That's you my know what joke. Was? That's my um yeah, yeah, I didn't know what Ikru was. Wow, okay. Rub it in. Um I did immediately Google it only to be presented with a definition five seconds later. Yeah, it's a dirty white. Yeah. It's I found out from Google it's the color of like un undyed linen or something. Yeah. Yeah. But she like definitely just said Ekru so they could set up the line where he's like, So what what is Ekru? And she's like a dirty white. Mm-hmm. Which, that's actually what they call me whenever I walk through town for some reason. <laughs> Get out of here. So, <laughs> we go back to the restaurant where Jimmy and Amy, like, escape from Lauren and Madison and Jack and Jesse. Yeah. I don't know why you'd want to escape from Jesse. He seems like a cool guy. Yeah. And then immediately Lauren and Madison start, like, Comparing, <laughs> yeah, like you know, dissecting their interactions with Jimmy. Another train is going by. God damn it! This one I can actually hear. I think it's a short. I think it's the Amtrak, so it's short. Yeah, they're kind of dissecting their takeaway of Jimmy. Yeah, and they're like, I think I like Ben better. It's bullshit. Like you didn't even like Ben. But now they do, now that she's not with him. Yeah. Um, Jack says that he thought that he was cute. Which, Jack really is just a bi icon. He a really bi icon, if you will. He immediately was like, I'm joking. I was just trying to contribute to the conversation, but. But this is like the fourth time where he said something about another man's appearance. Yeah. Or like, appreciating a man. Like. It's not a joke anymore. That's the thing, Jack. You know, sexuality is fluid. And you should just realize it's a spectrum, you know? Yeah. Like, you can still love women and also 
you know, just want to take a dick sometimes, you know? It's true. And that's beautiful, and you should explore that. And at the very least, Madison should be pegging you. (laughs) Jesse thinks that they shouldn't be talking about this because Ben and Amy, like, their relationship is over. And Jack agrees because Ben is out with Grace tonight. And Madison is like, um, why the fuck didn't you tell me that? And he's like... Because you're a gossip. Yeah. But he did tell Jesse because they were a half hour late. Because Madison and Lauren were a half hour late to their date. And he was running out of things to talk about with Jesse. And Jesse's like, dude, we weren't on a date. You didn't need to talk to me at all. Which that's kind of... I don't agree with. If I was on a double date and I was waiting with someone else... Like, I would want the other person to talk to me. Because otherwise, like, what are you going to do on the date? You have no common ground. Exactly. And, like, then I'm going to be overanalyzing that situation the whole time. Where I'm like, what did I do to piss this person off that they didn't talk to me this whole time? Exactly. And then Jack is like, well, I don't know the rules of a double date. That's true. They are confusing. Yeah. Did you ever, how long, how much do do you ever double date? Did you ever? I have been on double dates. Um, they're, they're fine. I've only, I think I've only really done one, and it was while I'd already technically broken up with the person, but we were still putting on a charade. I've always done, I've never been on a double date, oh, I guess I have been on a double date with, like, a straight couple, but for the most part, I've been on double dates with, like, other lesbian couples or two gay men. Ugh. I'm Okay. Someday we're both going to have partners and we're going to double date. And then both of our partners are going to be angry at us for being obnoxious. I hope so. That's Um, my ideal. (laughs) So. Madison says the rules of their double date is that he has to tell her anything to do with Amy. And Jesse's like, well, technically this doesn't have to do with Amy. And Lauren gets mad at him. And then the server comes over and tells them that Jimmy took care of their bill. So Jimmy's got money. Yeah, and Madison and Lauren immediately are like, oh, well, maybe he's okay. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's... Also, they really just kind of threw us in on the deep end with with Jesse, you know? Like, he's just kind of there now, and we have to just kind of figure out his personality without any sort of... We saw him for two seconds last episode. Yeah. They really couldn't have, like, done the common ground that he was on the football team with Jack or something. That's the thing that's all you need is just a little bit. Ba- we know nothing about this man. Yeah. <laughs> he just appeared. Yeah. Then Adrian and Rick. So then we go to Ricky's apartment where Adrian and Ricky are doing the dishes and they're kind of fighting over who's going to do them, which is cute. And then John starts. I just cr- think. Oh. oh, sorry. I was just going to say Adrian should have taken the deal. Doing the dishes is the worst part. And Ricky's like, oh, you cooked. I'll do them. Like, that's my dream is to have someone to do the dishes after I cook. Yeah, I I like doing dishes, but I also like cooking. I think I'd rather do dishes than cook, to be honest. But that's because I have to do both for myself every day for three meals a day. No, same. That's literally why I ordered pizza today, so I didn't have to (laughs) cook for the next three to four days, because it was a large. Yeah. Um, But John starts crying, so Adrian's like, well, you go take care of... 
John, whatever, and I said he would probably sleep better if you turned off any of the lights in the room where he's sleeping. <laughs> That's so true. Also, this motherfucker is standing now. I was oh, so yeah. shocked. Which, I did Google to see, like, when babies start standing. It's like... And it's like 10-ish months, maybe. Yeah, anywhere from, like, 8 to 10. 8 to 12 months. Apparently for me, it was like a year and a half. I just refused to stand. I would just crawl everywhere. I didn't yeah. want to walk. I didn't want to do shit. I just wanted to crawl. And he's not even like really standing. He's like pulling himself up, which can happen earlier, but... Yeah, I just... It made me really sad, actually, that it goes that fast. Because oh, it made me yeah. think of like my new nephew that like I won't see very often in this little stage. For sure. Which I don't care too much about because I do think babies are kind of boring. But... It's still weird that, like, maybe three or four times from now when I see him, he'll be, like, able to stand. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Ricky picks John up. He's very cute because he's like, why are you crying? You were just sleeping. What's going on? And Amy calls to check on him. And they talk for a little bit ricky's like how's your date going and she's like fine <laughs> um and ricky's like don't call again not because you're annoying me but you're gonna annoy the guy you're on a date with just like i'll bring him over in the morning whatever yeah um and then we go to amy and jimmy in the car and jimmy does look frustrated and pissed <laughs> and he's like do you want to make out she's like Romantic, but yeah, I do. Actually, making out is one of the most romantic things in my mind. So. No, yeah, for sure. Um, and then they fight over who's gonna like initiate it. My next note is her bangs are so severe, but then they just like make out. Yeah, which like good for them. I'm glad Amy gets to make out with someone who maybe isn't a whiny little bitch. But the thing is, Jimmy might be. For sure. So then we go to Ashley and Grant on the back porch, and she is just fully dump- emotionally dumping on this guy. Yeah, she is completely just trauma dumping, being a bummer to a complete stranger. Um, and then she's like, I can't believe I'm saying all this. I never talked this much. Which was like, what? You? Yeah. Like, all you do is piss and moan about how hard everything you're going through is, like, every single day to every single person you talk to and you're gonna say that you don't do this yeah also like throughout this whole thing she mentions like mimsy and how like anna's taking care of her and it is so evident that she has like absolutely no sympathy for her mom taking care of her very sick grandmother yeah no none whatsoever no one in this family respects what anna's doing She's like, how can we get Mimsy to... Yeah, let's get her to pack it up, because I, I need my mother home right now, and I don't care that her mother is actively dying and in the yeah. last few weeks of her life. <sighs> so, That's something that they never... Like, it bothers me so much throughout that they're like, Anne needs to come home now, and Anne's like, okay, maybe I'll come home, while her mother is still actively dying. No, I literally... Yeah, oh, we don't need to get into it. I just wrote well, a whole book yeah. about, like people taking care of their parents when they're sick yeah and that's the thing i also understand that with alzheimer's you have no idea how long mimsy has left oh for sure but like during this early stage before she's completely gone you want to spend as much time with her as possible while she still kind of remembers you yeah it's kind of 
like, why don't they move her to, like, a similar facility closer to their house or have yeah. the whole family go up there? Well, that's not the, what really blows my mind is that Ashley did not see her once while she was still, like, slightly cognizant, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, like, George didn't really, I don't think George has seen Mimsy at all. And, like, Mimsy loves George more than she loves Anne. And it's, yeah, it's just two hours away. Like, you could drive up every weekend or something. That's the thing. Like, there's so many workarounds for this. And, like, it just feels like they're all taking it so personally that Anne's not coming back. But I think they're erasing a big part of the reason Anne's not coming back, which is she still wants to spend time with her mother while she can. Yeah, because they're framing it as, like, this huge conflict with George. And you and I are, like... Um, also her mother is sick. Yeah. Which I guess isn't really ever in the show, but it's like yeah. subtext if you want to look for it for even a second. Yeah. But, Ugh. um, Grant says that he wants to kiss Ashley. I'm sure he literally just says that because he's like, please stop talking. Yes, that's what, like, I was, as soon as he said that, I'm like, he definitely did not listen to a word you said. <laughs> no. Um. And then some random dog wanders into the backyard and Moose chases yes. it. And Ashley, like, stands up and she's like, no, Moose, don't go. But she doesn't, like, move towards Moose. She just yeah. stands there. And she's she like, really doesn't give a no. shit. She's like, no, Moose should also have a date tonight, I guess. Whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> so then we go to George oh. and he is knocking on, I guess, Moosey's door. Yeah. Um, can I say, I have a note here, and I'm not sure which man it refers to, but it just says, this man looks like a white supremacist. <laughs> and I'm not sure if it's about Grant or about the guy who opens the door. I'm pretty sure it's the guy, the guy who opens the door fully looks like he was involved in the insurrection. Yes. <laughs> it's just so funny because it's the perfect placement where I'm like, it really could go either way. Also, they really couldn't throw us, like, one line that gives us a name for him. Yeah, they also couldn't, like, confirm that it was Grocery Guy right away, because I did have to, like, rack my brain, because we saw him for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just call him Creepy Guy throughout this. Well, this is my first note. The fucking horrible guy from the grocery store opens the door when George knocks and knocks, holding Robbie. And I said the yeah. baby has gotten cuter. Yeah, which, good. Yeah. Um, And then we, like, kind of cut to them talking on the couch in which the guy, this creepy guy, says that he never slept with Anne. They just talked on the phone in Chicago because Anne ran into his brother. Yeah, and we find out Anne never slept with Chicago guy either, which is disappointing for me. Yeah. I was really hoping Anne did something for herself on that trip, you know? Yeah. She says that she only said that to get back at George. And Anne is currently driving Mimsy around because Mimsy couldn't settle, so they went for a drive. That's sweet. That's the thing. Like, and again, this is the stuff where it's like, yeah, she is like doing stuff while she's away. Mm-hmm. She's not just, she's not spending every second thinking about George. Yeah, I don't. It's just very strange to me. So, if you live in assisted living when you're when you have Alzheimer's, the doors lock. Yeah. Because they don't want you wandering around because sundowning is a problem with people who have dementia or Alzheimer's. Yeah. Like, you know, the sun going down is very confusing. So you can, like, go and you can wander. So people can't just, like, come in and out willy-nilly. Like, you have to sign in. Also, they say that 
Mimsy's nurse is off and it's like nurses don't really get off if you're living in assisted living as opposed to like a situation where you have a nurse coming and like providing care to you in your home your nurse can't really be off like because there's a staff it's very no. confusing it's like, also, are we to believe that Anne, they think of Anne as one of the nurses? Like, when she's around, they're like, oh, we don't need to have someone? Like, I'm just, conf- I don't understand. Yeah, it's very, it's, whatever. You know, it's fine. Magical realism. Yes, exactly. That's what I always need to, I just need to put those glasses on every time I start getting upset. Um, the guy tells, so this creepy guy tells George, he's like, why don't you go home and just, like, let Anne come to you? Like, she's gonna come home soon, just let her come home too. That's such a dangerous game. It really is. So then we go to the Bowman household. Um, uh. Grace and Grace and Ben have been talking and they never put the movie in and Ben's like, well, I have to go because I can't drive past 11. It's so funny because of all the things that they really want to like hold on to in this universe. It's like driving restrictions for teenagers. Yes. Like that's, that's the one they... thing that they like choose realis- realism about yeah. and everything else is just nonsense. <laughs> um, Grace and Jack, or fuck, it's not Grace and Jack anymore. Grace and Ben hug. And Grace walks into the door and Ben asks her out again. He's like, let's do something different next time. And he also mentions how he didn't tell anybody about this because, you know, everyone is a gossip and he didn't want it getting around. That's wild that he, of all people, would try to be secretive about it. You know, know. like, if I'm Grace, I'm not telling a soul and I'm praying that no one finds out. If I'm Ben, (laughs) I'm telling everyone immediately. Um, Grace I'm running like, down the halls throwing pieces of paper that say, I'm going on a date with Grace Bowman. This is Ben BTW. Yeah. <laughs> um, Grace is like, ooh, I probably shouldn't have told Jack then. And Ben's like, uh, whatever, it's fine. And then before he leaves, Grace initiates a kiss between the two of them. Wait, they show the kiss? Yeah. I didn't see it. Oh, really? My mind, I think, like, self-censored that because it knew <laughs> I couldn't take it. Um, so then we go to the Jurgens' house. Jimmy walks Amy to the door, and he's going to drive home, which we just found out it's, like, close to 11 because, yeah, you know, Ben just had to drive home, and so now we're to believe that Jimmy is going to drive two hours home. Maybe as a note. And from Jimmy's his dad. been driving two hours every time that they're together. Yeah, it's wild. wild to me, especially when he showed up at the end of the school day the one day. That's still, I still don't understand how that one worked out. Yeah. Um, Amy says that she forgot her purse, so he goes to go get it, and it spills, and of yes. course he sees the condom. The condom. And he, like, one thing we know about Jimmy is he hates safe sex. (laughs) He's like, I cannot believe she wanted me to put this on. I was going to hit it raw or not hit it at all. (laughs) And I thought we were on the same page on this. That's why I wanted to date her, because she was pregnant once. I know that she's willing. Um, Ashley comes up to Amy in the hallway, and Grant goes to leave. 
And Amy is like, who is that? What were you doing? And Ashley's like, hmm? What are you talking about? Who's who? Yeah. Huh? She does, yeah. You know, gaslight, whatever. <laughs> um, and then Grant and Jimmy are talking in the driveway. And Jimmy says that he was on a date with Ashley's sister. And Grant goes, Ashley didn't say anything about having a sister. Or maybe she did. I was just, like, staring at her and smelling her. It's, like, serial killer. No, for sure. And that does confirm that he was not listening to a word she said. No. Which, fair. Well, that's the thing. I I think I would tune out, too, if someone that I just met and have, like, vague attraction to just started... Mm -hmm. Whenever someone starts, like, kind of trauma dumping or, like, anything... You know, when... Yeah. When someone tries to go too fast towards stuff that, like, really is best kept between close friends, or, like, a therapist, even, mm-hmm. I get kind of uncomfortable. Oh, for Cause, sure. Because, like, at that point, you don't know them well enough to know what you're supposed to respond with, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um... Jimmy asks Grant to take Amy's purse back to her because he's, like, freaked out because he saw the condom. Which, he was trying to park tonight. Like, what is... Parking usually leads to whatever. Yeah. Um, Amy says that making out with Jimmy was different than making out with Ben because Ashley asked her about it. And then Grant brings, um... Amy her purse and she's sad because Jimmy didn't bring it and she's also like really confused. Grant does not get the vibes at all and he's like uh Ashley you want to keep making out? She's like no go away. Um Madison and Lauren call Amy to tell her that Ben and Grace went on a date tonight and that like contributes to Amy's sadness and Ashley's like Amy be cool. So George comes home in the middle of it and he tells them that Anne might be coming home soon. And Ashley just willy-nilly is like, oh yeah, by the way, like, Moose ran away tonight. Yeah. So you gotta deal with that. Like, I didn't I didn't feel it was urgent enough to, like, you know, stop him or do anything about it. But yeah, like, or, like, run. chase after him. Yeah, I was actually right next to him when it happened and I definitely could have prevented it, but I just kind of chose not to. Instead, I started making out with this boy. Yeah. Um, George is like fine I'll go get him and then asks Amy how her date went and she's so sad it's like that's Jimmy like what the fuck like have you ever heard of like, like everyone else in the show no Jimmy cannot be arsed to communicate no. you know much like every other man woman and child in this program it's true I'm also, just getting real sick of these, like, easily solved misunderstandings that are contributing to the entire plot at this point. Yeah. Wait. I need to take my sweatshirt off. Okay, good. That was that was getting funny. No, that's not... You don't eat pizza, Linus. Stop. So, um... Also, you're okay with her having a son, but you're not okay with her having a condom and her purse that just seems like good preparation on her part honestly i truly have no idea what's going on with him yeah and also that would imply that she like wanted to sleep with you isn't that kind of the goal for like yeah the horniness that you're kind of giving 
confident enough that like you were gonna want to sleep with her because she was feeling herself yeah and this is the problem it's because she wasn't feeling herself if she was still just say meing none of this would have happened it's true okay this is also where i thought the episode should have ended yeah um, then we go back to Anne and the creepy guy, and Anne is glad that he to- he's the one who told George that they never slept together because she would never believe him. She would never... He, he would, would never, never believe, believe her. her if she's the one who told George. And yes. Anne is... I think she's, like, touched with the shitty flowers. She looks at them and she, like, seems well, to think- have a positive response. I'm guessing it reminds her of that event, too, where, like, he gave her the flowers, and she's like, he remembers the last time that he was infidelitous to me and had to apologize. That's so sweet. Well, not the last time. The first time, probably. Yeah, the first time that should have been the last time. Yeah, but, you know, also her next-door neighbor. In that story, was she pregnant already, do you think? I don't know. Okay, doesn't matter. Maybe. Um, Probably, because he was saving for a ring. Yeah. Yeah. So. And then, yeah, he's like, you know, that George doesn't seem like that bad of a guy. And Anne's like, no, he's he's just so George. I, yeah. That's the perfect description. He is so George. That's so George. If anyone ever used that to describe me, I would sob I don't think you're anything like George thank you so much I really needed to hear that today Yeah. You're so you don't think that I'm like a leftist who believes in community care and like no when I describe you to my friends I'm like Jesse's a Republican thank you so much for saying it I've been trying to rebrand as a Republican um so <laughs> <laughs> Um, we go back to the Bowman house. Jack is knocking and Grace answers it. And she's like, why don't you go to the kitchen door? And he's like, we're not dating anymore. I can't go to the kitchen door. Sure. Um, Jack feels guilty about telling Madison about her and Ben's date. And Grace has this really great line. And she's like, well, you know what? That's something that you and Madison have in common. Talking too much. That's so true. It is. You know, they're both gossips. They're just two little bitties who love to gossip, and I love yeah. that for them. Um, Jack calls Grace his girlfriend and says that he wants to be with her. Which... Does no one understand the concept of a breakup in this show? That's I literally have that written down. Like, Jack does not understand what the end of a relationship means. And also, no. justice for Madison. Like, she doesn't deserve this. She's really turned it around. She's a good, fun girl. And, like, Grace even says that. She's like, if you're going to be with Madison, just be with Madison. Like, we're done. And I've accepted it, and you need to accept it. Like, you know, even if we like each other, even if we loved each other, we weren't good together. I've moved on. You've moved on. So, like, accept that you've moved on. Exactly. And Jack says that, well, you know, Ben only wants to have sex with you. And Grace says this, which is very true, that different guys behave different around different girls. That's very true. You also, act different like, with everyone. 
Ben was kind of a bitch about it, but he never, like, super tried to coerce Amy into having sex. I don't know. One thing that I do respect about him is when they weren't going to have sex, he was like, well, then we should at least have, like, a single similar hobby and interest yeah. that we can do together. And I did respect that, where he was, like, actually kind of trying to make it work. For sure. I don't want to give Ben any props, actually. He sucks. He was kind of pressuring Amy now. The more I think about it, the more I realize, no, he was, like, straight up saying, like, well, basically, I'm going to break up with you if you don't, like, fuck me yeah. good. So never mind. He sucks. So Firmly on Team Jack in that perspective. Grace kicks Jack out because he's being so weird. And he, like stopped the door from slamming in his face and he's like wait where's your mom and tom and grace is like well they're at a conference and he's like damn we could have been so good together he's upset that like they they're not together right now so they can't have sex while like her mom is and brother are away which is just like shut the fuck up just stop and grace is very she communicates very clearly that she doesn't want to be with him. She's like, if you're going to be with Madison, just be with Madison. No one respects a cheater. So true. Great job. Concise. I just love, love to see it. We love to see a single person on this show acknowledging that che- cheating isn't good. Yeah. And so, that fidelity is cool, actually. Yeah. It's the next morning. We're at Leo's house and Alice and Henry come running through the house in the same clothes and the driver's yeah, they, following them they stayed, they out, stayed out all, all night, night with the driver and leo was just like confounded that this happened yeah all night all night um and the driver had a good time with them like yeah. they showed him a good time also the driver did not let them have sex in his car which i mean he's kind of a killjoy but that's fine i guess <laughs> um then we go to Ben's bedroom where Alice and Henry, you know, come up and they say that they heard that Ben went on a date with Grace. Um, they heard that from Madison, so I'm glad that that friendship is happening. And why is Madison calling Alice? Like, it's Madison really just loves girl. to gossip. I love her for that. Madison forgot that she's supposed to sign the texts XOXO Gossip Girl and accidentally just started putting her name yeah xoxo madison yeah damn it (laughs) and then she sends a a follow-up text and she's like i don't know who madison is this is gossip girl it's like i just this weekend i watched barb and star go to vista del mar and there's a character who's supposed to be like a secret person but like his whole bit is that like he keeps on accidentally revealing like his personal information (laughs) so he keeps on accidentally saying his name or his height or his appearance or like it's just very funny. funny Um, they, they, they're talking and Alice is upset that Ben got his license without telling them, whatever. Which, Um, I don't know, whatever. And yeah, Alice is like genuinely angry at everyone involved that they deceived her. Yeah. Um, and Ben tells them that Grace ended up kissing him before he left. Which was news to me when he said it. I was shocked. (laughs) I saw it, so I was not shocked. Yeah, you um, observed the show as you were meant to, and I, with my smooth little brain, was like, wow, I'm surprised they didn't show us that. 
Um, Alice doesn't like that Ben and Grace kissed because now he can't go back to Amy. Like, like that was an option before. Yeah, shut, Alice, no. Alice, that, you're back to being a bad. <laughs> another place where I said, does no one understand breakups? So we go to Amy's bedroom. Ricky enters and he says that John fell asleep on the drive over. So he's, you know, he put him down in the nursery. And Amy is upset that Adrian slept over. She slept on the couch, which like, do we believe that? I do actually. Okay. Um, I said, I hope so, because John was sleeping in the bedroom. <laughs> yeah. Eh, never mind. I was going to ask a dumb question. I'm not going to... What were you going to ask? I was going to say, at what age do you think it stops being appropriate to have sex in front of your child? <laughs> I, I think to each its own, but probably... Definitely, like, before it can start remembering things, right? Yeah. And, like, before it can stand up and watch. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, Amy, Ricky's like, what's wrong? Something's up. And Amy is upset because Ben and Grace went out. and And Ricky's like, yeah, I know, Adrian told me. Amy feels betrayed by Grace. Yeah, because she's part of our group. When has this ever been a group? Sure. Like, outside of the bonds of these are the main characters of this television program, I wouldn't classify this as a group. I'd no. classify it as a loose group of acquaintances. Yeah, same. And Ricky's like, come on, like, you know, you shouldn't be upset or whatever. And Amy goes, unlike you, I have feelings. I can't turn them on and off. And Ricky is like, um, honestly, you're kind of being a real bitch right now. Like, in the past couple weeks, it really seemed like you changed and you had, like, grown as a person. Yeah, and you, like, weren't being a bitch as often. And I thought that was really cool that you weren't as bitchy. And now yeah. you're kind of being a bitch again. So, like, what's your bitchitude coming from? Yeah. He's like, you were so... He literally uses the word difficult to describe her. Yes. And the thing is, every word he's saying is true, and it's things that I've thought throughout the past couple weeks. But again, it's like, I love when they acknowledge in-universe that some of the stuff that they've just kind of presented as fact is acknowledged to be, like, wild. Like, Mm -hmm. the way that Amy's been treating everyone in her life. Yeah. And it, it just felt a little validating to hear Ricky also be like, hey, you know, you seem like you're actually enjoying life and you're, like, not being awful actively anymore which i noticed last couple episodes and for him to say that i'm like wow me and ricky have seen the same changes in amy it's so funny because i think that's true but i did take this as like super invalidating to her feelings he's like i know you had a hard year or whatever oh like you used to be so difficult and now like you know you're enjoying life or whatever and it's like it is the nicest form of invalidating any struggle she went yeah. through. It's a real, like, backhanded compliment. The thing is, like, we can say shit like that because we know she's a fictional character. Ricky cannot because it's... Yeah. <laughs> to him, she is a real person, and he's saying the shit that we say about a fake person. Yeah. Um, Amy... After this whole speech, thanks, Ricky. That's the one. I love when someone gets told off and at the end is like... Thank you so much. I needed that. Yeah. 
Um, so then we go to Cindy and Ruben's house, and Adrian is in trouble because she slept over at Ricky's apartment. Um, which, like, they know she's having sex, so what does the sleepover matter or whatever? Well, we'll um, find out in a couple seconds. Well, and Adrian is like, please don't be mad. Here's the reasons I stayed over. Just, like, please don't be mad. Yeah. And Cindy and Ruben are like, okay. You yeah. said please, so, like, we're not going to be mad. Yeah, why would be? They start, like, giggling, and it's like, okay, something's up. Also, we're... Getting married. <laughs> Which, um, like, lovely, because Cindy, Adrian, and Ruby are true... And Ruben... <laughs> good old Ruby, you know? <laughs> They're Adrian's a family of hotties. Moms. Yes. Oh, God, I wish. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just love a family of hot people that thrives, you know? Yeah. And I'm glad that they're going to be that. Cindy is not going to go to New York because she's going to marry Ruben. And Adrian is like, oh, my goodness, so exciting. We can do it in the backyard. We can have a big Mexican wedding. <laughs> Cindy goes, I'm Colombian. <laughs> and she goes, yeah, but he's Mexican. <laughs> That was funny. Um, yeah. Also, <laughs> if she's... I'm going to ask a question. Are quinceañeras for every <laughs> Central and South American country? Um, I have always been under the impression that they're just Mexican. For Mexico, right? So if, if Adrian was brought up by her mother, who is Colombian, with no contact from her father, who is Mexican... When she tells... Oh, it says it has its cultural roots in Mexico, but is widely celebrated today by girls throughout Latin America. Okay, cool. Because I was just going to say, like, there was a comment, like, a throwaway comment where Adrian was like, I can throw a quinceanera, but a baby shower? Yeah. I just wanted to see if, you know, we were having, like, kind of, you know, microaggressions. (laughs) Um... Yeah. It's exciting they're getting married. I'm excited. I'm glad Cindy's not getting kicked off the show. Yeah. And this is where you could really see, like, they kind of had to write that storyline in in case she got the job that she just auditioned for. Yeah. And she obviously Uh, got rejected. Thank goodness. George is giving Moose... Oh, so then we go to the backyard and George is giving Moose a lecture that he needs to settle down and, like... Yeah. Stop being a bachelor, essentially. And a woman comes in with her dog and yells, bad boy at Moose. She's like, yeah, keep lecturing him. Bad boy, bad boy. Yeah, you whitey. Interesting <laughs> choice of words, to say the least. <laughs> this, um, <laughs> yeah, apparently George lives right next to Rachel Dolezal. And we just didn't know. So he got Bella the dog pregnant. Yes, not and George, George has the, was, <laughs> yeah, no, Moose did, not George. Um, but um, George has the very funny line of maybe it's something in the soil. Yeah, so funny. Oh. Um, and she's like, "Your dog should be neutered." And it's Which like, um, girl spay your dog? I was just gonna say like, so it's the man's responsibility all of a sudden. Um, no, it was just funny that she was like, you gotta neuter that thing. 
when her dog is very much not spayed. Yeah. Which, like, Bob Barker is rolling in his grave right now. <laughs> um, her name is Nikki, and she, like, recognizes George, because she's like, oh my god, I bought furniture from you. And he's like, oh yeah, I remember you. No. I gave you free shit, apparently. I only remember one customer that I helped when I worked at Target. And it was literally because he was one of the three Lonely Island members. What? Yeah. Like in real life? Yeah. Which one? Yorma. <gasps> oh, I love him. Yeah. Helped That's him so find exciting. a sleep mask when I worked at Target. I'm so jealous of you. Yeah. I will say, I remember a lot of my movie theater customers, but that's because a lot of those you have, like, conversations with, because, you know, they like to shoot the shit about movies. Um, they do, like, a weird flirting thing, but then he's like, but I'm happily married. Which is a lie, but cool. Yeah, and we go inside, and and who is is there? She's back, and she's looking through the window, and much like everyone else in the show, she will not seek clarification about what's going on outside. Absolutely not. She's like, you know what? I can see through the window. I can't hear. So I'm just going to assume George is, you know, fucking this woman. Yeah. And it's like, I think she even has a dog, has the dog with her at this point, right? Yeah. So it's like, wouldn't the obvious assumption be like, oh, it's something about the dogs? Yeah. And he's being friendly. Like Also this woman, I'm sorry, she's a dog. I think she's wearing like a vest. Huge lesbian vibes. Oh, for sure. read the room. Yes. But no, my biggest note here is just, oh my god, are you fucking kidding me? Do a second of fact checking. I can't take all these easily dispelled assumptions. Yeah. This is literally the third act of a Hallmark movie. (laughs) Um, But Ashley comes up and is like, oh, are you going to stay? And Anne's like, no, it's not a good time for me to be back. It was a mistake to come. It's like, God... Yeah. God had nothing to do with this. No. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that's... Anyway. It's the second time around. That's such an exhausting episode. It wasn't fun, per se. Or, like, entertaining. It was barely wacky. I would say, um... Of all the ways to spend 45 minutes of my life watching this episode ranks incredibly low. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's what I was feeling like refreshed after we came back from our little summer vacation. I was like, you know what? The show is fun. It's funny. I'm having a good time. And this episode is like, I remember why I was feeling so fatigued. Yeah. It's just a lot to get through. Nothing really happens. I'm begging um, you. Utilize a 30-minute slot. Yes, please. I don't know. And, like, that's the thing. Like, we've spent, like, two hours talking on this call. But that was with several incredibly long side tangents. When you take the time that we were actually talking about the show, it probably took us, like, 40 minutes, you know? Yeah. And get just, ready, because next episode's another one. Yeah. It's not even like what it used to be where one would be wild and one would be tame. It's just two boring ones right in a row. Yeah. So. So, well, whatever, I guess. Any sustaining last thoughts? 
Um, yeah, the show did sigh out me into ordering pizza, so like I guess that's one good thing it did. That's true. Now I want a pizza. Maybe I'll get Oh my gosh, come over. Oh wait, mine's all gluten-y. I'm so sorry. Yeah, that's okay. That was really insensitive of me to say. Yeah, I mean, canceled, but... Good. I've been waiting. Um, okay, well, I hope you have... Oh, wait, no, we have to, like, tell Oh, should we plug our socials, us. like, the fastest that we've ever done it? Okay, ready? This has been Secret Life of Two Gamer and Teenagers. My name is Aaron. My name is Jesse. And this is Season 2, Episode 17, the second time around. You can follow us on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Patreon, at your two gay friends. They're in the description. You can follow Jesse on Twitter at GoJesse2K20. You can send us an email at so with Jesse and Aaron at gmail.com. You can follow our other podcast at Never Been Cool. You can leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. And you can send us a voice message. Okay, that's yeah. I think I hit them all. That seems right. I mean, they can go back to the last episode if they forgot something. Yeah. It's all in the description. <laughs> it's all link in bio, yeah. Um, I hope you have a wonderful day, and I hope that you um, wear your favorite socks. And I hope you find a good book to read. Gay. All right, so, goodbye. Reading is so gay. Bye. Do you mind if I quick grab my water that's on my nightstand that's oh my right God, now go in the ahead. beach? Oh my yeah. gosh, thank you so much. I was so afraid to ask because I know you have a history of like getting really angry with yeah, me whenever I ask for anything. Yeah, super violent. And just like hating that I need water to survive. Like I know when we're in person, you kind of like hit me when I ask. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs>